Welcome to this City Sessions edition of the Transforming Cities podcast. In a break from our typical long-form dialogue, each session aims to capture timely stories and sentiment around topics important to our friends and colleagues across the industry. Now, before jumping in, we want to highlight a simple way listeners can give to those in need. Right now, thousands of restaurant servers, bussers, bartenders, and even app-based workers for Lyft, Uber, Instacart, and more are struggling. Most are grappling with the fact that their job simply no longer exists, at least in the short term. So consider impacting change in the lives of those who ensure our spaces are run smoothly by donating to the One Fair Wage Emergency Fund. Basically, right now, it's providing emergency cash assistance for this workforce in the hardest hit areas across the country. Simply visit their website for more information, tap the link in the show notes, and if you want to right now, visit ofwemergencyfund.org. We encourage you to give what you can. On this episode, I'm joined by Anna McKay of Guerrilla Development in Portland and Paul Hyde of Hyde Development in Minneapolis. This has just been like every hour you're hitting refresh and something new is going on. And that's why I agree completely with Anna. There's no playbook. This week, with the global outbreak of the coronavirus taking hold close to home, we discuss and get their take from the front lines. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Let's get to it. Paul and Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Hey, Chris. It's my pleasure. Hi, Chris. Now, this is obviously a little bit different of a format for our, our typical Transforming Cities podcast, but we felt like it was a really good opportunity to get some real feedback and some some day-to-day on-the-ground insight around what's happening with the coronavirus and the, and the real estate industry and the development industry. And so I want to jump right into it and start to, to hear from you both. Anna, let's start from you first. And I want to just kind of give a broad question that we can have a little dialogue around. And, and that is, what do you feel like we're facing right now, given the, the implications of this you know ground zero moment? Well, that's that's a the big unknown, and and as we like to say over at Gorilla, we we don't have a crystal ball. I know that to kind of take a look at the ninety one tenants we have on our roster, I'd say maybe seventy percent of them are restaurant and retail small business owners, and it is a very uncertain time for them. And if we as developers are conduits between rent paying tenants and mortgage collecting lenders. It is by extension a very interesting time for us. And what I find most challenging is that there isn't a roadmap. There is no precedent for this. So every day we're we're kind of waking up and and trying to distill the negative noise and trying to get down to what we can control, which is, in our case, open and honest communication between all of those stakeholders, be they tenants, investors, or lenders, starting to have conversations early and often, and also kind of trying to be the cheerleader. Just yesterday, we sent out a letter to our tenants saying, you know, we are in this together. There is nobody who this is not going to affect. So 
take one thing off your mind, which is paying your rent on April 1st. Don't even think about it. Like we're going to just figure something else out. So we had, we had an incredible reception to that. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, but yeah, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants over here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what are you, what are you seeing on the ground level in, in Minneapolis? Yeah. So, uh, we're an industrial developer primarily. We've got uh, a large industrial park in Minneapolis, uh, two million feet, another two million foot park in Denver, and uh, we were starting a third two million square foot park in uh, Aurora, Colorado. But we also have three smaller buildings, sort of like uh, Gorilla talking about, where we've got kind of creative brick and timber office product, retail product. And we've spent, it's, I just can't tell you how fast this has happened. I've lived through 9-11 in the development business. We lived through the global financial crisis. One was a terrorist attack, which was quick, but the economic uncertainty unfolded much slower. The stimulus package was slow in the global financial crisis. This has just been like every hour you're hitting refresh and something new is going on. And that's why I agree completely with Anna. There's no playbook. Playbook is either from 9-11 or the global financial crisis. And they're not right. They're too slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And what we've done is, is just the, the simple human thing and reach out to our lenders and our tenants and investors, as you mentioned, and just say, here's what we're seeing. I'm sure you're stressed. We're stressed. We don't know how we're going to figure it out. But we're not going to be hammering on you for rent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to find a way to get through this together. Because we do believe it's a shorter term, violent, uh, upsetting, uh, scary thing we're going through. But there is going to be an end to it. So maintaining those relationships and, and figuring a way through it together, I think, is the key. But yeah. that's what we've been doing the last three days. <laughs> yeah. And I think let's not forget about the personal side, right? Because Part of it is business and part of it is personal and and personal is the relationships with those people. But then there's also the relationships, you know, with our own families and loved ones. And, you know, it, it almost feels like a bit of a balancing act between what am I willing to do? What am I willing to risk for me and my family to do X, Y, Z or or not? And, and it's sort of this new territory. I don't know that anyone was really prepared for. You know, you have two sides of the coin. You have some people that think some way that are, you know, Paul, I know we talked about people that are still at work. They're not going to leave work. They're going to continue to come into work. And then you have the other side that say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, kind of shelter in place for two weeks and I don't really care what anyone says and what's going to happen is going to happen. Do either of you see that playing out in any unique ways or have you felt that tension in your own in your own lives. Paul, have you sent your workers home? Yeah, we've we've sent everybody home last Friday. And so we've been working from home on a personal level. This business is all about relationships. It's one of the last remaining businesses that hasn't been fixed by an algorithm. And it's why I love it so much with our tenants, our investors, the bankers, the city folks. And I miss seeing those people. (laughs) 
sitting at home just, uh, you know, missing all those people that we've had such great relationships and make the project special. But that being said, it's, it's a marvelous reminder of how connected we are and how important it is for us to get through this by working together. The, the point you're hitting there, Chris, is, well, wait, if, if I'm not getting rent, <laughs> I got to come out of pocket to pay the mortgage because I know the bank's not going to forgive that. And maybe there's some future package that comes through that provides some relief. But they're not going to keep up with the April 1 date that Anna mentioned. So that means we're probably paying the mortgage payments without the rent coming in. And in that sense, you very up March are making a choice, right? To mm. throw your lot in with your tenants and try and ride it out. Totally. Have you have you talked with your lenders specifically about, about April? Yes. And... They're as uncertain or perhaps more uncertain than we are. <laughs> right. That's been, been my experience. Hey, is this no big deal? Like we just got to figure this out for eight weeks or is this 2008 or is it worse? Is it 1920? Nobody knows. So that uncertainty results in, at least our experience, sort of a paralysis on the lender side. That's so interesting. We have like lenders that are across the board doing different things. Like we have a lender who is like pushing forward with permanent financing with one of our projects that, you know, it seemed like a sure thing two weeks ago. And we're like, oh gosh, are they going to back down from this given this? And they're kind of leaning in harder than ever to wrap that up, which I find kind of, I mean, I welcome it, but it is confusing. And I think we're not the, the market, right? The real estate you know, economy is, is going to be something different than what the stocks are doing. And I'm, again, no crystal ball and, you know, architect by training, but I've been, been around this long enough to, to kind of get a sense that people, I mean, it's a steady eddy real estate. And if we, if things shift so much that, we don't have the tenant base we used to have. I mean, yeah, I think I can just talk around in circles, Paul, but it's kind of where what you're getting at is we don't really know what this is going to look like, but the real assets are going to stay there. But I think the bigger question is, is with social distancing and in Portland, there is a mandated closure of restaurants right now and bars. What is the future of, of the city look like if this continues? Um, I don't know if if anybody else is feeling. I, I, I have a feeling it's going to bounce back quickly. That's my personal take on it, but I know that nothing is for sure. Yeah, let's say in, in Denver, Anna, we have a the official word a couple of days ago was everything's essentially shut down until May, and so it's essentially a a two month, eight week. No one's going to restaurants. No one's going to bars. The gyms are closed. And I think to your point, there's a lot of uncertainty around how bad is it going to get before it gets better, right? And this upward trajectory we're seeing right now with with cases just exploding in the US, I think only adds to that tension of, are we ever going to get back to where we were? And are these 
space is going to be filled again the way they were. And I think I want to align with the both of you, and I, I believe that it, they will. I can definitely agree with that sentiment that that is certainly being felt in and around Denver as well. I'm looking forward to when when this is lifted. The uh, I think the the boom of people so sick of eating top ramen. We're gonna <laughs> have a killer summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for, anyway. Let's pivot into something that is hopefully a little bit more positive. Right now, we're at ground zero. This is sort of week one of what's happening across the country. And I want to talk before we hop off here about what we think this might mean in the future. So how about we start start with you, Paul? Tell me what that means to you right now in this moment as things are unfolding as they are. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are buying more stuff through e-commerce now, whether it's groceries or paper towel or Lysol wipes or whatever. But we're seeing some pretty dramatic reports of increase in e-commerce. I spent time on a call today with some of our Denver industrial brokers working on High Point, Tyler Carner, Jeremy Ballinger, and Jessica Ostermink. And what we're seeing is Amazon and other e-commerce folks uh, very busy. And that always trickles down into industrial buildings because that's been the main driver for the growth in industrial has been this e-commerce movement. And Mm. it's even more intense uh, during this time. So I think the future bodes well and for industrial. And what we're seeing people do now is new customers to e-commerce or people using it in different ways like groceries. This may be a paradigm shift on the grocery side that had been forecast for a long time. And then we take a peek at at China just to kind of see like, okay, they went through it first. How are they doing? From what we're hearing from the analyst reports we're listening to, the uh, the e-commerce is 100% operating in China, and the exports from their ports are, you know, 81% of pre-corona levels. So that's where I'm hopeful that I see our way out of this, and I see future strength both from a capital investment investor interest in industrial as well as from users. Once we get through it, I think this year is going to be slow. The the immediate future is going to be brutally slow, but I see uh, 2021 being positive uh, once we get through it. And I'd love to get your take on that because I know that your lens is probably a a bit different. So how would you address this idea of of what's coming in the future? I think I have to... I, I could become paralyzed worrying about... (laughs) what the future holds and at this like today I feel called to continue to develop real estate and to continue to work in Portland with the kinds of people that I work with on every side of the process builders tenants investors lenders because the, the market is going to need people like us to keep 
doing what we do. Right. And it, it might not look exactly the way it looks today. You know, we might not be doing retail heavy uh, projects, but people will always need places to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm called to, to make those places and I will continue to do that. So regardless of, of how scary the next year, or 18 months or two months is, I will continue <laughs> doing what I do, whether it's for Bitcoin or <laughs> cash <laughs> or free lunches or whatever it is. <laughs> we just got to keep keep rolling. And I think that's really one of the the primary ways that we we can roll out of things like this is putting our, our heads down and moving forward. You two have been great for hopping on uh, last minute. Obviously, things are fluid and they're they're changing so rapidly. Paul, like you said, you can refresh every hour and you can get new information. And unfortunately, right now, it's not really the information we want to be getting. But thank you again for hopping on. And we, we really appreciate your insight this week. Oh, happy to do it. Thanks for, thanks for doing this and fun to hear what's happening in other communities. Same, Paul. Good luck. And holler at me if you want to chat further. Yeah, I will do that. You guys have been you guys have been great. This was uh, uh, you know, what can you say about what's happening right now? Really, really appreciate you hopping on and at least providing some humanity. You know, a human thought amongst all the data, right. all the data we're seeing right. right now. So you guys have been well, great. Well, thank you, Chris, for being being a landing place for for us placemakers and stay stay healthy and happy out there, y'all. Absolutely, stay safe. Transforming Cities is brought to you by Authentic Form and Function, the digital design and development team that just might be a perfect fit for your next urban project. If you're a new listener, you can follow along at authenticff.com slash transforming cities, or you can simply subscribe through your favorite apps, including iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for joining us.